This morning I'm going to talk about the first um, theme in the Satipatthana. Uh, the Satipatthana uh, is, is, is normally translated uh, the four foundations of mindfulness, um, but in, um, in recent uh, years, uh, some teachers have been calling it um, the four applications of mindfulness uh, because it's it's actually it's not a foundation on which mindfulness is built. It's it's the arenas within which we practice mindfulness, and um, and and the practice of mindfulness is the practice of cultivating a quality of attention in which we are uh, fully present. So we're aware, and we are aware that we are aware. Um, in some translations of the word sati, which is the Pali word for mindfulness, uh, sati is, is translated as recollection. So there's this quality of, of um, paying such attention that we would remember. Uh, one of the teachers from which I, I've been drawing a lot of um, my sources of, you know, for, for uh, explanation of the discourses, uh, both the Satipatthana and the Anapanasati, is um, a scholar and and yogi, yogi meaning um, a meditator. Uh, so he's uh, he's a very uh, profound meditator and scholar of the early Buddhist texts, and um, and uh, he he has described uh, sati as um, as this quality of attention, uh, as if you are going through a woods that you're not familiar with and you're going to have to, uh, w perhaps with a guide, and you're going to have to find your way by yourself the next time you come. So, so you're really paying attention. This is where the, the path turns and remembering, you know, kind of uh, everything about what you're seeing and experiencing so that you can um, Recall it. Um, there's this. There's this story that uh, exemplifies this about a Zen teacher uh, who uh, was being visited by uh, a student for you know a meeting and to talk about his practice and and um, and at the just just like outside this meditation hall there were. A lot of shoes that were, you know, or, or you know, sandals or whatever that were put down outside the door every which way, and and as the uh, as the, the the student came in, the Zen teacher uh, and he said, "I want to understand what mindfulness is." And the Zen teacher said, "Do you remember where you put your shoes?" <laughs> so. Uh, so, do you remember where you put your, your <laughs> shoes? <laughs> um, so there's this 
there's this quality of paying attention, being present, and um, you know this 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 quality of 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 knowing uh, that we're knowing, and um, and also that uh, we are uh, kind of aware that we're aware. Um, Bhikkhu Bodhi, another uh, scholar of, of early Buddhist of early Buddhism, uh, says that we that he he would translate mindfulness or sati. Uh, he would translate it as reflective awareness. Um, and Gil Fransdale, who is a scholar and a, and a uh, yogi as well, has, has said that mindfulness is really not that great a word because it makes us think that it's all about the mind. And he said we could just as well have translated it as bodyfulness, that we're really present in the body and, and being present in the body, which is the first of these applications that we're going to, to talk about, is, uh, is, is the most accessible way, and it is, uh, you know, in, in, in itself, one can um, discover all the other uh, arenas or applications of mindfulness because it is, it is so uh, profound. And, um, and Gill also quoted his first teacher as saying, uh, whatever you're doing, uh, don't let your mind uh, remove itself from being in the body. So, and he discovered, and this was early in his practice, he discovered that, that again and again he was you know, his mind was jumping out of the body and he was thinking about what he had to do and what was going to be for lunch or whatever he was thinking about or how he wanted to, you know, go back on that trail that he walked on yesterday and, and then just coming back to the body. So, so embodied awareness might be a, uh, a way of, of saying mindfulness or sati. So, um, so the body, uh, so oh, just uh, one more word about sat the Satipatthana in general. So these four applications, which are, uh, and we'll, do, we'll deal with one on each of the following four days of the retreat, um, are First, the body, uh, feelings, uh, the mind, and uh, dhammas, which is a word that has a lot of meanings. Uh, so often, it's 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 left untranslated. Um, it's sometimes been translated as mental formations, but that's really not a very good translation. I think a good one way of helpful way of thinking about what it is uh, mindfulness of dhammas is to understand uh, the frameworks within which we we are mindful and un and come to um, 
reflect on the nature of body and mind and liberation. So, so, um, so there's a whole, uh, n a whole list of different, in that chapter, there's a whole list of different uh, frameworks that the Buddha taught to help us practice and, and um, become free of the habits that bind us. <clears throat> the purpose of bringing mindfulness to all of these is to see into their nature, the nature of the body, the nature of feelings, the nature of the mind, the nature of dhammas, and to recognize that all of them are impermanent, that they're, they're changing, they're uh, they're um, always becoming something else. And because of that, uh, they're unreliable. We, you know, we can't count on our bodies to always feel great. Uh, we can't always experience pleasant feelings. Um, we we can't count on the mind to be, to be uh, stable and, uh, and steady, as, as we all know. <coughs> so they're impermanent, they're unreliable, and they're also, um, the Pali word is anatta, non-self, or empty of self, that, that everything has, uh, that, that we see as solid, uh, as somehow existing in itself as a self, for example, our bodies, is made up of non-self elements. So, so I'm going to look at that with you now. And uh, and and hopefully reflect a little bit on on how we also experience this in the uh, anapanasati, the anapanasati, the mindfulness of breathing in and out. So so these uh, these discourses are very practical. They're applied, um, and it's. It's said that you know teachers, some several teachers I've heard say, it's it's really good to practice the satipatthana first before you practice the anapanasati because the anapanasati is a much more pared down uh, discourse. Uh, it's 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 really um, focusing on meditative experience, whereas the satipatthana is is our practices that we live in our lives. They're not just about sitting down and meditating. They're, they're about how we live with awareness. And some of the things that I'll say to you about what, how we practice mindfulness of body, if, you, if you've been doing mindfulness um, practice in any form, uh, they'll, they'll sound, some of them, not all of them, some of them will sound familiar. So, um, so I'll just read a 
a little bit from the beginning of the uh, the Satchikatana. <coughs> so the, the Buddha is talking to his students and he's saying, meditators, this is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the sur surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of Nibbana. So Nibbana is a word that means awakening. Namely, the four foundations of mindfulness. What are the four? Here, one abides contemplating the body as a body, ardent, fully aware, and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. So having put away grasping and rejecting, uh, one abides in the body. Um, he, one abides contemplating feelings as feelings, ardent, fully aware, and mindful. So that word ardent is, is really interesting. And it has that kind of, there's this heart energy, that, you know, really interested, really um, motivated to, really strong intention to, to do this practice. So uh, I, I, I love that word. And fully aware, uh, so fully aware and mindful. So that it seems like uh, there's maybe some repetition there, but but fully aware is um, is maybe bringing in another dimension of of understanding as well as being really attentive and present. Having put away covetousness and grief for the world. One abides contemplating mind as mind, ardent, fully aware, and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. One abides contemplating mind objects as mind objects, ardent, fully aware, and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. <clears throat> the first of the body practices that are listed in this uh, discourse is mindfulness of breathing, which is um, a, a body practice. Uh, we're feeling the breath in the body. And so the breath brings us into the body. Um, Bhikkhu Analyo, uh, who's you know, one of the foremost scholars in the world at this point of early Buddhist teaching, uh, has kind of uh, come to the conclusion that, I don't know if he would say conclusion, but he's, he's pretty, he, he feels pretty convinced that, that this uh, mindfulness of breathing wasn't, probably wasn't in uh, the, the way the discourse was spoken, but was put in later by somebody who was compiling the teachings and said, oh well, Breathing is for the body, so let's put it in here, um, because you know he's compared other texts and and uh, and the, the the Buddha has there's a whole discourse on mindfulness of breathing. But anyway, uh, I I'm not going to uh, include it in 
our discussion this morning because we're going to deal with it this afternoon. Um, <coughs> uh, <clears throat> so, uh, but I will read this next part, which is um, that throughout the text, this this paragraph is is included, and it's a key. It's it's called the refrain, and um, and so uh, this this kind of points to this is what this all this is all about, folks. This is what we're supposed to be noticing. So in this way, one abides contemplating the body as a body internally. So from the inside. We're feeling the body from the inside. When we breathe, when we sit, when we observe sensations, we're actually not just kind of um, having an image of the body, but we're inhabiting our bodies from the inside. So, you know, what does that feel like to, to actually feel inside the body and, and feel you know, where is where where do you feel compressed? Where do you feel, you know, are there feelings of contraction? Uh, where do you feel the breath moving? Um, how do you feel in in your in your mouth, in your throat, uh, in your belly? So all just knowing the experience of being in a body. And, um, and so abiding, contemplating the body as a body internally, or one abides contemplating the body as a body externally. So one can be aware not only of uh, how one feels in the body, but also be aware of other bodies that are around us. So because it's not, it doesn't say, contemplating your body. He says, contemplating the body. So it's a little bit depersonalizing. You know, bodies are bodies. And we, and it's, it's, uh, it's kind of maybe Im implying or directing our attention that this is not a self. This is, this body is not me or mine, although we think of it that way habitually. Uh, we're going to explore that a little bit more. Uh, or one abides contemplating the body as a body both internally and externally. So internally or externally or both. So if you're not familiar with hearing the language of the discourses of the Buddha, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's particular. You know, it's very kind of formulaic. Um, it said that um, this it was an or this is because it's, it was an oral tradition and so things were were remembered in a formulaic way may, maybe even spoken in a formulaic way but this is this is the, the kind of flow of language of the discourses so, so just if it's sounding a little bit strange to you um, yeah you can just try to get used to it so. So, uh, so how do we inhabit the body? 
how do we regard the bodies around us. Or else, one abides contemplating in the body, so from within our experience, the nature of arising. Or one abides contemplating in the body its nature of vanishing. Or one abide, abides contemplating in the body its nature of both arising and vanishing. So what does that mean, arising and vanishing? Does the body go poof and not there anymore? Uh, no. Um, but the sensations that we experience moment by moment are arising and vanishing. The feeling of breath, the sounds we hear, um, the sensations in the mouth. Is the mouth dry or is it moist? Um, do you have a, uh, some tightness or discomfort somewhere in the body? Does it shift? Um, so, so really seeing how the body is not just one thing. It's something that is changing all the time. And, and when we experience the body through uh, our ideas of what a body is, we tend not to notice these, these changes in the body. We tend to live in concepts, and these concepts, by their very nature, are static. Um, ideas are intended to abstract from the real experience so that we can look at them. And, and so when we go deeper than the concept, then it, we begin to see the, the flow of impermanence and change. And then, and then the, the final sentence of this refrain is, or else mindfulness, mindfulness that there is a body is simply established in one to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and mindfulness. So, so this is actually a one, this, this sentence, um, Bhikkhu and Analyo has kind of pulled this sentence out and really put a spotlight on it as something that we can practice anytime, anywhere. Just kind of resting in a, in a fluid sense of there is a body. You know, this body is, is walking, this body is eating, this body is lying down, this body is going to the bathroom, this body is feeling water on the hands. So just the light flow of the flow of experience through a kind of um, a light, fluid mindfulness in the body. And so this is something that I, I'd like to encourage you to practice throughout the day. Um, there, I'm going to suggest some other uh, contemplations as well, but, but this, just this uh, flow of um, just presence <coughs> in the body as you move through the day. Uh, and, it, and you'll find that you know, the mind will go off 
you know, the mind will think, I mean, especially first day of retreat, we're really caught up in, you know, all the things that we were involved in doing and the relationships and things that, you know, are happening. And, um, and it's, it's, it can be hard to kind of direct the attention just to be fully here in this experience of being on retreat, which is so, uh, so precious. Um, it's such an opportunity. We don't have these opportunities very often. And so, um, most of us don't anyway. Uh, so, so just, yeah, come back to the body and, and just let go of all of these things that take us away from being present in the body. And, and finally, the last uh, sentence is, and one abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. And that is how one abides contemplating the body as a body. So the next, the next um, couple of <coughs> practices in this chapter um, are about <coughs> being aware of the different postures that we're sitting in. Um, uh, not sitting, the different postures that our body is, is composed in. So, um, so, you know, to be aware when we're sitting, when we're standing, when we're walking, when we're lying down, um, aware that, how that feels in the body. How does it feel to sit? How does it feel to stand or, or walk or lie down? And, and noticing also internally and externally, noticing also that other bodies also take different postures and, um, and are experienced perhaps not the same way that we experience our bodies, but, but there's an inner experience of, of that body and, and being aware of that. And, and also uh, the Buddha talks about other other um, activities of the body, uh, and he, and in this he uses the expression "acts in full awareness." So when, when going forward and returning, when looking ahead and looking away, uh, when flexing and extending one's limbs, uh, when wearing one's robes and carrying one's outer robe and bowl, eating, drinking, consuming food and tasting, uh, when defecating and urinating, full awareness when walking, standing, sitting, falling asleep, waking up, talking, keeping silence. So, so how does it feel be listening, you know. Uh-huh. How does it feel for me to be talking? How do I feel that in the body? Um, and uh, how do I feel, you know, if I if I reach out my hand and pick up my water bottle and take a sip of water? So just really being mindful, moment by moment, uh, that quality of that continuity of of mindfulness. Uh, really can 
can help us see, um, first of all, as we practice it, how and one of the first things that we realize is you know, how often we're not present, how often we're not mindful, how we're just doing things automatically, we're you know, on automatic pilot. And, um, you know, uh, we're, we, we take our vitamins in the morning maybe uh, a, 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 as a routine and then, and then at some point we ask ourselves, did I take my vitamins this morning? You know, uh, so not really, not really remembering that we did uh, or that we didn't. So, so there's, that's just an example of, uh, of how we kind of, especially on things that are routine, you know, that, that we lose mindfulness. We, we kind of go into, uh, you know, the, the, the robotic mode. And, um, you know, in, the, in, in, in Zen teachings, they say, you know, when you're mindful, you're fully alive. And when you're not mindful, you're not fully alive. You're, you're partly dead, <laughs> because yeah, we're just we're just being kind of robots in our lives. It's, it's good to notice how how much that comes into uh, you know our modus operandi. So so these are the the practices that I just named are the ones that that help us to become embodied. And then there are some practices in, in the same chapter that help us to contemplate the body in ways that are helpful to not identify with the body as myself. So, so one of the ways that, um, uh, one of the contemplations is is the bodily parts, and and the Buddha says um, that one can review the same body up from the soles of the f- soles of the feet and down from the top of the hair, bounded by skin, as full of many kinds of impurity. Thus, and so, you know, is the body really impure? Because in other contexts, the, body, the Buddha doesn't talk about the body as being impure, that there's anything impure about the body. It's, it's simply, it's matter. Uh, but it's, it's this um, sense of attachment and, uh, to one's own body or perhaps to somebody else's body as being, you know, very attractive and... Um, you know, a sort as a a thing of beauty, um, and as a kind of counterbalance, the Buddha said, "Well, look at this side of it. Um, you know, so so you have, you know, head hair. We had head hair, most of us, <laughs> uh, and um, and yet." Uh, you know, and, and, and many of us, you know, spend time and energy on our hair, trying to make it look attractive. And if you watch television, you know, it's 
all kinds of ads about how your hair can be so bouncy and beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that hair is not so attractive when you find it, you know, on your food. Uh, so, so it's, um, uh, it's kind of t t to look at it apart from our habitual attitudes about the body. So there's, there's hair, there's body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, intestines, um, mesentery, which is a bit of a mysterious word, um, and uh, uh, so <coughs> some one theory is that the Buddha is referring to the matter of the brain, which was not at all understood uh, in at that time. Bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm. Oh, I, I said that. Contents of the stomach, feces, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, spittle, snot, oil of the joints, and urine. So you know, so it's a it's a list which is you know like like seeing. And, and he says, you know, if you were to see these laid out, like, like oh, they're piles of beans, you know, so there's some kidney beans, there's, there's some rice, or, or there's some chickpeas, and, and, and so on. You know, like, you wouldn't, you know, if you saw, like, a pile of snot, or some pus, or some blood, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that this was, you know, Something that you you know strongly uh, were attracted to, <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> um, and and so he said, you know, this is the body, like it's it's an envelope of skin, and uh, and within that are all the contents of the body which are vital, and and so you know let's let's get real about what the body is, and and really consider it deeply. Um, and there's also a way of considering those who uh, study uh, medicine or um, physiology or, or anatomy that uh, it's marvelous. It's also marvelous to consider how the body works together. And um, so that's also true. So, you know, holding different views. So, um, <coughs> and so there are a couple more um, contemplations which I'm just going to name, <coughs> uh, and and then uh, we're going to I'll, I'll lead a, a contemplation on on the parts of the body. Uh, in a way that um, Analio has adap adapted it. Um, <coughs> so the next, another one is, is the elements, and we'll do a, um, a guided meditation tonight with the elements. Uh, the elements of the body are, um, in, in, in ancient times, and this I think was true in many cultures, there was a very simple system of understanding elements, 
you know, different from how we understand them now. We understand you know, the the elements of of uh, the atom, subatomic particles, how they fit together into molecules, and we have um, periodic table of the elements, and so it's a very different system. Um, but the, this the system of understanding, you know, the elements that composed everything that we could understand were, um, and it's it's still useful today uh, in terms of our spiritual practice. Uh, were the elements of earth, water, fire, and air, and and so, uh, so you know we can consider how these elements um, are present in the body, and you know feel the warmth of the body, feel the um, the air that we breathe in, feel the the earthiness of the body, the the, the sense of shape and and uh, um, the resistance that, you know, when, when we, it's like the earth, you know, as you, if you put something down on it, it, it resists, it, it doesn't just uh, kind of give way like if you put something down in water. So, you know, and, and of course the water element in the body. So we'll, we'll reflect on that a bit more. And then the the, uh, the other contemplation of the body is is um, contemplation of death and and how the body uh, once one has died decomposes and returns to the earth <clears throat> so um, so if you have if you're not already in a meditation posture, um, please take a posture for meditation. You can take a moment to uh, stand up and stretch if you like. So as we take our posture for meditation, we feel the body balanced and stable, uh, sitting on the earth, supported by the earth. And we bring an upright energy to the spine, lifting from the base of the spine through the crown of the head. So as we do that, that's the chin tucks in a little bit, the back of the skull lifts, and this helps us to be alert and awake, like that lifting in the back of the skull. 
eyes can be either closed or just slightly open with the gaze downward and soft. And we can bring an intention to put aside the preoccupations, the concerns, the day-to-day activities and um, responsibilities, and just to be fully here. And we begin by bringing mindfulness to the fore. So bringing that quality of attention, which is fully present, non-judgmental, open, accepting of each moment as it arises. And so we bring our attention to the top of the head. Uh, and uh, just before I begin, I'm going to give a, just a brief explanation of how uh, Bhikkhu Nalyo adapted this, the um, contemplation of the parts of the body. Um, so he he simplified it into just three aspects. Um, so we feel the skin, uh, we feel the flesh of the body, so the muscles, and, and that includes the organs of the body, and, and we feel the bones, so it's kind of going progressively deeper into the body. So skin, flesh, and bones. And so, as, as we do this, um, you know, don't worry about getting it just right. Just, just you know, bring your attention to this, uh, to the things as they're named, and, 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 and be content and, and, and fine with how you are uh, experiencing. It's not, it don't ha- doesn't have to be uh, some idea of perfect. Feeling the, the skin on the top of the head. So it may be uncertain as to what this feels like, but, but kind of um, sensing uh, the, just the presence of skin. Maybe, maybe there's a sense of uh, the breeze on the skin. And, and then bringing your attention down to the face and feeling the skin on the face. Just feeling skin. And bringing your attention to the, the shoulders and the arms 
and noticing just that, that sense of the surface of the body and the presence of skin. And bringing your attention down to the chest and the back and the whole torso. You might feel uh, the, the touch of the clothing on the skin. And that might help focus your attention on the skin. And just noticing skin, mindful of the skin. And the legs, the thighs, lower legs, the feet, feeling the skin. And then from the feet, move to into an awareness of the muscles and the flesh under the skin, so between the skin and the bones. So there's also the presence of, of fat, and so we can kind of be that, put that together and, and call that all flesh. The muscles, the fat, the organs, we call that flesh. So feeling the bottom of the feet, the soft parts of the body, the lower legs, the thighs, feeling the flesh, bringing our attention into the body and just noticing how we are aware of the flesh on the body. And feeling the whole pelvic region, the lower abdomen, the groin, the buttocks, feeling the flesh. Feeling inside and being aware of the organs as flesh. Feeling the upper part of the torso the stomach, the liver, the gallbladder, all flesh, kidneys. Feeling the upper part of the torso, uh, chest, inside the chest, heart, the lungs, Feeling the flesh.
arms and the hands. Feeling the flesh. The throat, the neck, the face. Feeling the muscles under the skin. flesh, the eyeballs, the brain inside the skull, flesh, and sensing the, the bone structure of the body beginning with the skull. So sensing the, the firmness, the, the hardness of the skull, the way it gives shape. Feeling bones, feeling the face, the bony structure of the face, and the neck, feeling the bones in the body, feeling the bones in the shoulder, shoulders, and the arms and hands, Sensing how these give shape and allow the body to move. Feeling the ribs, the rib cage, the bones in the rib cage. Feeling the spine, all the way down through from the from the base of the skull down to the tailbone, feeling the, the whole spine feeling the shape of the spine, how it curves. And the pelvic bones. Feeling the bones in the body. Feeling the hip joints and the thigh bones, the knees, the lower leg, 
feet and the toes, feeling all the bones in the body. sit for a few minutes in silence, just feeling the body in the body, inhabiting the body with awareness, open awareness, not necessarily connecting mindfulness to any particular sensation or part of the body. resting in the body ardent, fully aware and mindful
So as you move through your day, I encourage you to, to really practice these um, awarenesses that were described in the first part of the text on mindfulness of the body, it's being aware of how your body feels from the inside, you know, when you're sitting, when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're lying down. Um, noticing, you know, we're, we're in silence, so we don't want to stare at each other. But noticing that others also have um, bodies that are in different postures, um, that also would be experienced in some way, um, in some ways similar, in some ways different from your own body, uh, experiencing it from the inside. And um, and uh, also when we do activities like eating, uh, like um, going to the washroom, uh, like getting dressed and undressed, uh, washing our hands, just really doing it in full awareness, with full attention. To, uh, to be present in, in, in the body. And, um, and this will really uh, help you to, uh, to, to arrive. You know, we're still arriving, right? First day of retreat, we're still arriving. And uh, you know, it's, it's normal that the mind may have you know, different thoughts, preoccupations uh, with with daily life and so on, and so on. Um, and, but just coming to the body it really will help you to fully arrive. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.